Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. We learned this morning of the death of an American music icon. Johnny Cash is dead at the age of 71. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash was one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century. He was a superstar. When he was on the stage, you couldn't take your eyes off him. He sold over 90 million records, making him one of the best-selling artists of all time. Music was Johnny Cash's life. It was his bread and butter. He was also a tough guy with a social conscience. Johnny's a real rebel guy that stands up for the little guy. He played to prisoners, he played to presidents. He had a universal touch. But hidden behind the talent was a dark side. He was part good and part bad. Devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel of God sitting on the other. He did a lot of destruction. He smashes cars, he sinks a boat. And his rebellious streak led to addiction. He was taking up to a hundred pills at a time. On September 12, 2003, the news that Cash had died came as no surprise to those who knew him. He was a pretty wild boy. He should have died a hundred times. It says here in the medical examiner's report that Johnny Cash died from respiratory arrest. This is simply when your lungs stop functioning. And there are many causes for this, from lifestyle factors to underlying serious medical issues. So I'll need to examine every aspect of his life if I'm going to get to the bottom of what causes death. Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist. In a career spanning more than 20 years, he's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. And today, he's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities. Johnny Cash died from respiratory arrest. Basically, his lungs stopped working. No autopsy was ever done, so... I'll be relying on first-hand accounts and other medical information to find out what factors led up to this fatal event. May 18, 2003, 12 p.m., Hendersonville Memory Gardens, Tennessee. Johnny Cash has four months to live. It has been just three days since June Carter, Johnny Cash's wife of 35 years, died following complications from heart valve surgery. Joanne Cash, Johnny's sister. They were in love. They were, they were truly one. They had a beautiful life together, 35 years. In March 1968, Johnny had married into musical royalty. June was the daughter of A.P. Carter and his wife Sarah, the founding members of the Carter family, a traditional folk group which had a profound impact on American music. June had been Johnny's rock through some of his darkest times, and some are worried he'll be unable to cope without her. Their only son, John Carter, is there to offer his support. Johnny Western, musician and friend. We both knew the impact that her death had caused. We cried a lot, realized the loss, the terrible loss that it was going to be. He said the pain is indescribable. 
At 71 years of age, Johnny is having a career resurgence and is once again the most celebrated country singer alive. But everyone around him can see his health is on a knife edge. Steve Turner, biographer. People saw Johnny Cash for the first time in a way they'd never seen him before. You know, this, this strapping, strong guy with the dark hair and the, the, you know, the hunky face was suddenly this invalid in, in, in a wheelchair. I think, I think that was quite shocking to a lot of people. There are many reasons why a 71-year-old would be in a wheelchair, from something as relatively benign as arthritis to more serious issues with the heart. I need to look further into his medical history to find out. Johnny Cash was born in Dias, Arkansas, on February 26, 1932, the fourth of what would become seven children for Ray and Carrie Cash. God-fearing cotton farmers, Johnny worked alongside his parents and siblings. We had 40 acres of cotton, corn, soybeans. It was hard raising kids on a farm like that. But, but my mom and dad were determined. It was a grueling way of life, not helped by a violent alcoholic father who would often take his frustrations out on a young Johnny. One thing made it bearable, and that was his older brother Jack, who he idolized. However, a tragic event when Johnny was just 12 years of age would change his life forever. Jack was going to saw some fence posts in the schoolyard. The saw they were using to saw the fence post was old and rickety and rusty. And as Jack pushed the fence post into the saw, the saw jerked. And it jerked him in the saw. Jack was almost cut in half, and it took him a week to die. Johnny's pain was made worse by his father, Ray. He would say things like, it should have been you that died, not, not Jack. I think that was the single most shaping experience in his whole life, really. That hurt Johnny deeply, because there is no wrong son. There is no wrong son. Johnny found refuge in the radio, listening to gospel and country songs, sparking an interest in music and songwriting. When I was a little bitty girl, I would see Johnny writing. I thought he was writing poems. He said, no, baby, I'm writing songs. One day I'm going to be a singer. But when I was 18 years old and I saw that um, I could get out of that cotton country and there was a big world out there, I said, the only picking I'll do after this is guitar. Johnny's ticket out of town came in the form of military service in Germany. And then at the age of 22, he moved to Memphis to realize his dream of becoming a musician. There, he hooked up with a couple of car mechanics and country music fans and auditioned for Sam Phillips, the visionary owner of Sun Records. The now legendary Sun Records played a major role in the development of rock and roll during the 1950s by kick-starting the careers of some of the world's most influential artists, such as Elvis Presley, Roy Orbison, and Jerry Lee Lewis. On April Fool's Day, 1955, Sam Phillips signed Johnny Cash and his band, The Tennessee Two. David Ferguson, recording engineer and friend. I think he liked the, the raw edge of Johnny. 
and saw somebody hungry. The eye of the tiger, so to speak. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. In 1956, at the age of 24, Johnny had his first major hit, I Walk the Line, which reached number one on the Billboard charts. Because you're mine, I walk the line. Other hits included Folsom Prison Blues, which contained the lyrics, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. This dark subject matter was new and exciting and gave Cash a dangerous outlaw image. Johnny Cash made country music cool. He was selling to a much bigger audience than just a standard country music audience. He was just a cool guy. In 1968, Johnny recorded one of his most famous live albums in front of an audience of prison inmates. So what are you here? At Folsom Prison, not only cemented his tough guy image, but showed him to be a man of the people. Johnny's tough guy persona was helped by his rugged looks, and this scar in his cheek only added to this. People say he was in a fight, a guy stabbed him. The rumor started that he'd actually been shot. I have his military medical records, and I can see that the scar was actually caused by a surgical procedure in 1953 to remove a cyst from its lower cheek. The cyst was benign, and I can see nothing to indicate that the operation had any lasting physical effects on Johnny, other than to alter his appearance. I thought, what an identifiable thing. It looks like he's had a harder life than your average guy, which he did. May 18th, 2003, 4 p.m. Cash Cabin Studio, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Straight after June's funeral, Johnny is back in the recording studio. I remember hearing that June had told John to go back in the studio a couple days before she died. But he threw himself right back into recording to take his mind off things. Johnny is recording with superstar producer Rick Rubin, who resurrected his ailing career in 1994 with the album American Recordings, which introduced Cash to a whole new generation of fans. However, the recording session isn't going well. Recording Johnny in the last year or so of his life, he, he had a lot of difficulty breathing. And he was singing very soft. He was, he was kind of weak. There's a lot of editing and stuff to make complete tracks. It was a lot of work for him. It was hard for him. I can see that Johnny was a heavy smoker, and his breathlessness could be the result of lung damage caused by decades of smoking. There are reports that he started smoking as young as 10 years of age. The smoking thing was an addiction, and the fact is, no matter what, he never stopped smoking. Never. In this interview at the Country Music Awards in 1991, the effects of Johnny's smoking were evident. Well, uh, <coughs> it, as I gave, as a... <coughs> well, this one is special. There are conflicting reports as to whether Johnny smoked during his final years, but decades of smoking would have undoubtedly affected his lungs and was definitely a factor in his respiratory arrest. And 
Dr. Hunter has found evidence that Johnny developed a taste for another drug, which would have a devastating effect on his health. He was really wired with, with, with energy and a bit unpredictable. Dad, wake up! John Carter couldn't get his dad up. He was totally passed out and just totally gone. On September 12, 2003, the world was mourning the loss of legendary singer Johnny Cash, who died in Nashville, Tennessee at the age of 71 from respiratory arrest. World-renowned forensic examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating Johnny's medical history and first-hand accounts to determine the factors that led to his death. So far, I've discovered that Johnny was a prolific smoker, and this would have undoubtedly contributed to his respiratory arrest and death. However, I am not satisfied that this provides a complete explanation, and I need to dig deeper into his past to find out what other factors were involved in his decline. July 5th, 2003, 7.30 p.m. Carter Family Fold, Virginia. Johnny Cash has 69 days to live. Despite his obvious poor health, Johnny is still performing. Music was Johnny Cash's life. It was his bread and butter. It was his livelihood. I think he would have gone on and on as long as his body and his health would let him. However, this is the last performance Johnny will ever give. Thanks for coming to see our show. You could tell his voice was going, especially on the low notes and stuff. He was like a little old man up there with a creaky, croaky voice, just strumming his guitar. He was, uh, you know, I don't know, just sad. Sad to see somebody go downhill that much. Despite his weak voice and ill health, he still commands the audience. But he wasn't always a confident performer. I can see from reports that early in his career, Johnny was taking prescription medications while on tour. I need to find out what these were and what effects they may have had on his body. Fall 1957, Jacksonville, Florida. A year after releasing the smash hit, I Walk the Line, rising star Johnny Cash and his band were on the Florida leg of their US tour. After finishing a show, they would often travel hundreds of miles through the night to get to their next gig. When you're doing 16 or 18 one-nighters and traveling four or five hundred, six, six hundred miles sometimes between those dates, getting very little sleep, eating semi-bad food, you got to do something to keep the noodle going. Ahead of the show, it wasn't only exhaustion Johnny was struggling with. He's just naturally like a nervous guy, you know. He's got a little stage fright. You know, he was shy. Reluctant to face the crowd, Johnny was offered a quick fix by a fellow musician. Somebody said, here, take this little pill, and it'll help you. Johnny did not realize what he was getting into. Amphetamines. Amphetamines are potent stimulants which enhance mood and performance. Amphetamines mimic the effects of adrenaline, the fight-or-flight chemical which makes the user feel more confident and energized. They also increase the presence of dopamine and serotonin, 
the brain's feel-good chemicals, resulting in feelings of euphoria. Johnny Cash was always a shy, withdrawn person. But when he, when he started taking the pills, I think this, this other character emerged. That's when he started like wearing his guitar on his back. That kind of outlaw image, I think, emerged out of that. It takes about 15 minutes for the drug to take full effect. His performances were quite something to watch because he, he was really wired with, with energy. And a bit unpredictable, and people like the kind of an air of danger about him. Driven by its exhilarating effects, Johnny's pill intake soon escalated. The reality is that amphetamines are toxic to the cells that produce dopamine and adrenaline. Over time, Johnny would have to increase the dosage of the drug to provoke the same effect. It felt so good, there's nobody could tell me could there could be anything wrong with the way I feel. I feel too good, but there was a demon called deception that went along with that prescription of amphetamines, and the, it kind of I was deceived into believing that it was good for me until I finally saw after a year or so, I guess, that they were taking control. During the 1960s, amphetamines were available on prescription, but by 1965, Johnny was so greedy for pills that no doctor was prepared to prescribe such huge quantities of the drug. One or two amphetamines would keep the ordinary person up probably all day and, and all night. He was taking up to 100 pills at a time over a period of two or three days. Johnny Cash had begun making trips into Mexico to buy industrial quantities of pills on their black market. He gets into a cab and drives across the border, meets his connection uh, and buys the drugs. Then that's where he hits the problem. Narcotics officers found 688 amphetamine capsules inside Cash's guitar case. The taxi driver had thought he was buying heroin and gave him up to the U.S. border cops. They threw Johnny in jail. As amphetamines were prescription drugs rather than illegal narcotics, Johnny was released on bail the next day. Cash's arrest in 1965 is particularly interesting. He was caught smuggling not just large amounts of amphetamines in the form of dexedrine, but also Equinil tablets. These are tranquilizers which Johnny would have used to counteract the effects of the amphetamines when he needed to calm down or sleep. Excessive use of these tranquilizers is extremely dangerous and can cause sluggishness and loss of muscle control. Death has been reported with ingestion of as little as 12 grams. 1982, Griffin, Georgia. Along with a successful music career, Johnny had landed a number of acting roles and was starring in the TV movie Murder in Coweta County. He was accompanied by his wife, June, and 12-year-old son, John Carter Cash. Dad, shut up. The boy often complained that his father was a terrible snorer and he'd get hardly any sleep. 
But one night, Johnny stopped breathing altogether. Dad? John Carter dad. couldn't get his dad up. He was totally passed out and just totally gone. Dad, wake up! Mom! Mom! According to reports, Johnny overdosed on tranquilizers. John? The active agent in Equinil is meprobamine, which suppresses neural activity in the base of the brain. This calms the user down and can provoke feelings of euphoria, but also affects autonomic functions like breathing. If you take too much, you can stop breathing completely. John Carter was very, very concerned about it, thinking at that time he might even lose it. June finally revives Johnny. No toxicology was performed, so it's impossible to know conclusively whether he was taking these drugs at the end of his life. However, taking such huge amounts over so many years would have put a massive strain on his cardiovascular system and potentially affected his lungs. But Dr. Hunter has found that the damage wreaked by his excessive drug use was just the tip of the iceberg. An autopsy not only reveals how a person died, but how they lived. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. If you like what you're hearing, check out more dark mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are shocking real-life and death stories in world's most evil killers, like the quiet neighbor nicknamed the Scorpion after he bludgeoned nine women to death with a hammer, and Rodney Alcala, the serial murderer best known as the dating game killer. Then check out the latest episodes of Autopsy that reveal what really killed screen and music legends like Walt Disney, Tom Petty, David Cassidy, and Batman's Adam West. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. Farmer's son Johnny Cash rose from humble beginnings to become one of the most iconic figures in popular music. He died at the Baptist Hospital in Nashville at the age of 71. Now, renowned medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is closely investigating Johnny's life to establish exactly what caused his death. The medical examiner's report states that Johnny Cash died from respiratory arrest and have already established smoking as a major factor in his lung failure and death. I've also discovered he battled a lung addiction to both amphetamines and tranquilizers. And looking closer at the reports, I can see that these had a major impact on his health. In 1988, at the age of 56, Johnny had a double coronary bypass surgery. Since taking his first amphetamine pill in 1957, his heart had taken a pounding from elevated heart rate and high blood pressure. When you add that to the enormous damage caused by 45 years of smoking, Johnny's vascular system would be seriously compromised. December 1988, Baptist Hospital, Nashville, Tennessee. For most, a dangerous procedure like a coronary bypass would have been a major wake-up call. 
But when Johnny's surgeon gave a press conference, he stated that half an hour before the surgery, Johnny sneaked out of the hospital for a smoke. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. A reckless, extremely reckless with his health. So the idea of sort of control was almost non-existent. You know, if he, if he wanted to take a drug, he would. To smoke a cigarette, he would. Many times we change our health behaviors, not because of ourselves, but because of the people around us. And this wasn't the case with Johnny. July 8th, 2003, 8.30 p.m. Cash Family Ranch, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Johnny has 67 days to live. After his performance playing at the Carter Family Fold, Johnny's daughter Cindy brings him home. Since June passed away, Johnny is becoming less mobile and his eyesight is failing. I mean, he could see, he could see some, but he was really robbed of his favorite thing on earth, which was reading. I can see that Johnny was suffering from a life-threatening condition that is often associated with eye problems, and that's diabetes. Johnny was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in his 50s, the adult-onset version of the disease, and the most common. Diabetes occurs when the pancreas doesn't make enough insulin or the body becomes resistant to the effects of insulin. Insulin is often described as a key, which unlocks the cell to allow sugar to enter it and be used for energy. When this process breaks down, it results in high concentrations of sugar in the blood. We know that Johnny was a smoker, and people who smoke heavily have almost double the risk of developing diabetes compared with people who don't smoke. But I don't believe this was the only factor in the development of the disease. Johnny's favorite foods, I seen him hold a bottle of Hershey's chocolate up and drink it from the bottle. They really like cheddar cheese dipped in brown sugar. He loved his sweets and stuff. This type of high fat and sugar diet often leads to high blood pressure, which looking at the medical examiner's report, Johnny did suffer from. And this is another major cause of diabetes. Diabetes affects almost every part of the body, from the cardiovascular system to the heart and other major organs. So its role in Johnny's death cannot be underestimated. October 25th, 1997, Flint, Michigan. By the late 1990s, it was clear that Johnny's health was deteriorating fast. Nine years after his heart surgery, Johnny was halfway through a show when he suddenly became dizzy and disoriented. He dropped his guitar pick, and he couldn't pick it up. He leaned over in front of 6,000 people in the audience, and he could not. His hand was shaking so bad, he couldn't pick up the guitar pick. When Johnny finally retrieved the pick and stood up, he began to stagger. Thinking he was drunk, the audience started to heckle him. And Johnny hit back with a surprising announcement. He said, folks, I'm in bad shape. He said, I've got Parkinson's palsy. The audience, of course, was just gasping. They couldn't believe it. Johnny's revelation about his Parkinson's disease was widely reported. However, I can see that Cash's doctors quickly abandoned Parkinson's as an explanation for his symptoms. 
and re-diagnose him with autonomic neuropathy. Autonomic neuropathy occurs when the nerves that control involuntary bodily functions are damaged. Symptoms such as tremors and muscle weakness may also occur due to autonomic dysfunction and reports say that Johnny suffered with tremors until the end of his life. It is known that diabetes is the most common cause of autonomic neuropathy and this discovery could be significant in finding the cause of death. But Dr. Hunter has discovered Johnny suffered from another debilitating condition that has a huge impact on the respiratory system. I can see that Johnny suffered from pneumonia throughout his life. Pneumonia is a swelling of the tissues of the lungs. It's usually caused by a bacterial infection and is another common complication of diabetes. Looking back at his military medical records, it states that Johnny was hospitalized with pneumonia at the age of 15. And according to historical evidence, this could be linked to growing up in rural Arkansas. Dias, Arkansas was located in what is known as the Dust Bowl, an area affected by severe dust storms caused by drought during the 1930s and 40s. Enormous amounts of dust in the air caused dust pneumonia in large portions of the population, and many died. Excessive exposure to dust storms resulted in dust filling the lungs and inflaming the alveoli. It's likely that Johnny's pneumonia was caused by this. For the last couple of years of his, of his life, he'd be in the hospital every now and again with pneumonia, be locked up there for a week or 10 days until he was able to go home and so forth, and not in good health at all. Having pneumonia at 15 permanently scarred Johnny's lungs. And when you factor in Johnny's history of smoking, lung infections would be a constant threat to his health. Although I see no record of Johnny having pneumonia in the last weeks before his death, I cannot rule out the impact these constant infections would have had on his lungs. July 8, 2003. Cash Family Ranch, Hendersonville, Tennessee. 66 days before his death. The day after Cash's last public performance, Phil Maffetone arrives to assess Johnny for some physical therapy. Phil Maffetone, physical therapist and friend. It was bleak. He was an invalid. He was in a wheelchair. He had leg braces, orthopedic shoes, even though he, he never really walked. He couldn't walk. Cash tells Maffetone that he can't feel his toes or fingertips. His balance is off, and occasionally slurs his words. Maffetone puts Johnny on a new diet and exercise regime, and quickly notices improvements. From day one, Johnny progressed, and he got better and better, and his, his mood, his brain, his sense of humor, his physical body, his vision, his voice, things just got better and better. That was the plan. Despite making good progress, Johnny's health was about to take another major blow. His body was breaking down. He was so ready.
Johnny Cash was one of the biggest country music icons the world had ever known. But on Friday, September 12, 2003, he died shortly after recording what some regarded as his best work. World-renowned medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating his death. Johnny had spent decades smoking, eating a high-fat, high-sugar diet, and taking huge amounts of prescription medication. This resulted in diabetes, autonomic neuropathy, and a double coronary bypass. Although it appears he was finally making an effort to improve his health during the final months of his life, I can see that his progress suffered a major setback. September 5th, 2003, Baptist Hospital, Nashville, Tennessee. Johnny has a week to live. He's back in the hospital, this time with severe heartburn. Heartburn is a condition in which the acidified liquid contents of the stomach back up into the esophagus, causing pain and a burning sensation in the chest. In severe cases, the acid can go into the throat and lungs, causing them to become inflamed and infected. Heartburn can be caused by a variety of factors, such as smoking and consuming fatty foods. September 11th, 2003, 2 p.m., Cash Family Ranch, Tennessee. Johnny Cash has 12 hours to live. After spending two weeks in the hospital, Johnny returns home and continues working on his mobility with physical therapist Phil Maffetone. However, all their work has been undone. When I came into the house, there was Johnny slumped over in a chair. Not much different from the very first time I saw him. Maffetone tries to get Johnny to stand, but it's no use. He looked right into my eyes and said, it's time. 4.45 p.m. Johnny's health plummets, and an ambulance is called. He was in respiratory distress. His gut had shut down. They took him out, and... There were those eyes again, just just going right into my eyes. He knew what was happening. And we said goodbye. And that was the last time I saw him. Johnny's condition deteriorates through the evening. September 12, 2003, 1.45 a.m., Baptist Hospital, Nashville. Members of Johnny Cash's family rush to be at his bedside, including his younger sister, Joanne. My husband and I were at the Baptist Hospital with Johnny's children. We had our moments alone with him. We knew he was going. He held on as long as he could. But he was so ready to be released from the pain and be with the family, but most of all, be with Jesus. At 2 a.m., 
Johnny Cash dies. We learned this morning of the death of an American music icon, Johnny Cash. Country music legend Johnny Cash, the beloved man in black, singing legend Johnny Cash, is dead at the age of 71. John Carter called me that morning and he said, Dad's gone. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, he's gone, Fergie. The worst phone call I ever got in my life was like being hit in the head with a hammer. It really was. On Monday, September 15th, 2003, more than 1,000 family and friends attended Johnny Cash's funeral at the First Baptist Church of Hendersonville, near Nashville, Tennessee. Johnny was laid to rest next to his wife of 35 years, June Carter. Looking at newspaper articles published at the time, I can see that there was some speculation that Johnny had died from a broken heart. You can't say Johnny without saying June. Johnny and June, Johnny and June. It was always the two of them. Johnny's statement right after June died was prophetic. He said, the pain of her being gone was more than I can stand. And of course, four months later, he was gone and with her. Although it sounds improbable, there is a condition called broken heart syndrome, also called stress-induced cardiomyopathy. It's commonly described as a physical pain in the heart or chest area resulting from a surge in stress hormones. This can be triggered by an emotionally stressful event, such as the death of a loved one. Broken heart syndrome mimics symptoms of a heart attack. And even though Johnny had heart problems, there is no evidence that he suffered a heart attack when he died. So I can rule this out as a cause of death. However, I can see from reports that Johnny was on a variety of prescription medications at the time of death. And what I find interesting is a witness statement from his physical therapist, Phil Moffatone. 30 medication, 30 prescription drugs? You can't find 30 prescription drugs that are not going to clash with each other. Music legend Johnny Cash died at the Baptist Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee on September 12, 2003. Dr. Michael Hunter has been examining Johnny's medical history and believes he's getting close to uncovering why he really died. So far, I have discovered that Johnny Cash has been battling a number of illnesses from his out-of-control diabetes to life-threatening bouts of pneumonia. His history of drug-taking, smoking, and poor diet played a big part in his decline. And I can see that just a month before his death, his physical therapist discovered Johnny was once again on a cocktail of prescription drugs. Approximately two months earlier, just before starting physical therapy, Maffetone contacted Johnny's doctor, requesting a full list of his medications. She got to 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14. And I said, excuse me, these are all medications he's currently on? And she says, yes, 20, 25, 30. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is, um, this is hard to believe. She got to one and I, I just had to stop her. I said, 
He's taking Thorazine? She said, yeah. I said, Johnny's not psychotic, is he? Oh, no. Why is he taking Thorazine? Well, he gets the hiccups. You can't find 30 prescription drugs that are not going to clash with each other, not to mention the side effects they all potentially could have. Polypharmacy is commonly defined as taking five or more medications at the same time and carries with it a risk of dangerous drug interactions within the body. And there's another problem. In the medical examiner's report, it states Johnny had history of renal or kidney failure. The function of the kidneys is to excrete waste and toxins from the body. And every drug consumed passes through the kidneys. Too many medications can be poisonous and toxic, and in extreme cases can injure the kidneys, eventually causing them to fail. Statistics show that medications cause 66% of cases of renal failure in the elderly. No one knows exactly how long Johnny was on this vast quantity of pills, but if you also take into account his years of amphetamine and tranquilizer use, it's no surprise his kidneys were compromised. Although the drugs were undoubtedly a factor in his death, Dr. Hunter still doesn't believe this is the full story. There's something in Johnny's physical therapist's statement that I find intriguing. When he was being taken to the hospital for the last time, he said that Johnny's gut has shut down. Why did both his stomach and lungs fail? And how are they linked? In 1983, Johnny Cash was admitted to the hospital with a perforated stomach ulcer. He underwent surgery to have the ulcer removed. When I look at the accounts from 1983, this is a period of especially heavy amphetamine and tranquilizer abuse. And Johnny himself recognized that his ulcer was a result of the enormous number of pills he was swallowing. It was quite a severe operation. Um, a very critical operation. I was in very critical care for a long time. It was everything else that I had been taking and using to ease the pain and to uh, keep myself going that uh, led to the trouble. We know that Johnny was on approximately 30 medications at the time of death. And it is entirely possible that this could have caused another stomach ulcer. However, looking back at witness statements, there is something else that catches my eye. There are reports that after June died, Johnny had to sleep vertically, propped up by pillows to avoid acid reflux. Acid reflux is also known as heartburn or indigestion and occurs when acidic stomach contents go back up into the esophagus. He had aspirated, which is, which is when you're sleeping and, and uh, vomit comes up out of you and then fills up your lungs. Dr. Hunter believes he can now finally reveal what caused the death of Johnny Cash. Johnny had autonomic neuropathy, which is a result of the nerve damage caused by his diabetes. This affected his stomach, which was unable to regulate the amount of gastric acid. Over time, acid built up in his stomach until it was ejected back into his esophagus and into his trachea. At this point, 
the acid would seep into his throat and lungs, causing enormous damage. Johnny's life-threatening bouts of pneumonia, plus almost six decades of smoking, would have already seriously compromised his lungs. A couple years before, when he was hospitalized in Nashville, his doctor brought his x-rays out of his lungs. And he said, Mr. Western, I gotta show you this. They were totally black. There were no pink spots in his lungs at all from the smoking. What little healthy lung tissue was left was compromised by the acid, leading to his respiratory failure and death. It's undeniable that Johnny's reckless and cavalier attitude to his health ultimately causes death. But Johnny lived up to his tough outlaw image. He made his own rules and lived the life he wanted. Despite putting his body through everything he did, he reached the age of 71, which shows what a fighter Johnny Cash was and just how incredibly resilient the human body can be. Johnny was a walking contradiction. He was part good and part bad, but he was such a wonderful entertainer. He was happiest when he was singing. Just such a lovable character to people, and people looked up to him. He had a universal touch with the poorest of people and the wealthiest of people that I've never seen in anybody else before or since. Probably the most unique guy that I've ever known in my whole life. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash true crime.